Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hey, Joshua. Ah. Hello, young David. Yay! Hello. I don't even want to wait. <laughs> I just want to be like, you're here again. It's been too long. Yes, it has been a very long time. <laughs> and you're joining us perfect in our, we're in the midst of our January franchise deep dive with uh, the Saw series, uh, which you are famously a fan of. And we knew that we could not, we couldn't do this without having you on at least one of the, one of the episodes, <laughs> but we'll get yeah. to all the Saw <laughs> love in a bit. First, how have you been? I've been okay. David, not you, Joe. I don't care. Teaching. Uh mm-hmm. So I just, I'm, this is the last day of my winter break. So I go back to work tomorrow. I was able to binge the White Lotus and I'm the other two. I have three episodes left of the other two. I really enjoyed the White Lotus. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to ask David what you thought of the other two. I love it. It's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I was bummed that not, that, it wasn't really a show that a lot of people I knew were watching because I love it so much. It's just so unhinged and yeah. it's the right amount of darkness that I like in my humor. It is very unhinged. I'm, I had the last three episodes of the third season and this third season is just, it just goes full unhinged right away. If you've ever watched Search Party, that show is unhinged. Yeah. Hmm. I've not seen that. I've seen the first few episodes of the other two, and I really would like to go back and watch it, uh, especially because I love Molly Shannon, and I've seen like little clips of her in it, and that I'm just like, okay, she, th- whatever she's doing is hilarious, and I really need to like make time to watch it. But we did watch our Wednesday night TV group watch the first two seasons of The White Lotus, and I'm looking forward to. They just announced the cast for. I guess by the time this airs, it will be a couple weeks. So this will be old news. But (laughs) Parker Posey is joining the third season, which makes me super happy because I love her. And I can't remember any of the other people. (laughs) I was just happy about her. Oh, there we go. Carrie Coon is joining, which I'm excited about because I love her in um, Fargo and The Leftovers. Nice. There we go. How has your new year been so far? Pretty boring, which is good (laughs) since I'm on vacation and it's not chaos in a classroom. Did you do anything for the holiday? I know it's been... Recently, my parents moved. They used to be like 30 minutes from me. Now they're four and a half hours from me. So we went and visited them over for a couple days. Oh, that sounds nice. Just spent the new year with family. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, I... Yeah, it must be... Well, I get it's similar with me with seeing the... Like our lives are so disrupted by the holidays. So it must just be, I don't know. There's like a meme going around about, I don't feel like recovered by the holidays. It's more of like, I just had this taste of freedom in my mouth. Maybe we're supposed to be living differently. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe life shouldn't be so revolved around work. I don't know. That's just been sitting in me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, how can I figure out how to work as little as possible and still live? I guess that's I agree. Everybody's, that's everybody's <laughs> quest, right? What about you, Joe? How's how are things going over there in your new year, twenty twenty four? Treating you better in the few days that it's been around. It's uh, treating me. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's better or worse. I just, I, I think that post we're living in like post vaccination. I'm not really like 2024 is going to be my year. I'm just let's quietly, let's not say anything that's going to make us look back on this moment. Six months from now, we are complete idiots where Ron Howard is doing the a voiceover with it was not his year <laughs> so yeah that's like where i'm at right now there's things are it'll be nice to see how things unfold and there's also just like those really interesting hallmarks of the beginning of the year right like we have the oscar nominations coming out soon there's a lot of really i'm just so curious what's going to be nominated because it was such an interesting year entertainment-wise with the strikes. So it'll be interesting to see what's nominated and how we celebrate, quote-unquote, Hollywood after having so much of the ugliness of that industry be revealed. And I'm not, and I'm not like particularly someone who looks forward to the Oscars in a meaningful way. It's not, I don't, award shows I've felt over the last few years are just blah to me. But especially now with in post hot strike summer, I just want to know what are we going to completely forget, right? That we just had an entire over 100, almost 200 days of no content being created anywhere in that way. So it'll be curious to see what happens. But that's these are just the little things that I focus on. So that way I can uh, not focus on the other things that are more distressing. <laughs> so you can control the, the chaos. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Is that avoidance, but, Joshua? Is that? <laughs> it sounds more <laughs> like distract me. Then. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, we're not doing that. We're not diagnosing friends. We're trying to stay away from that, unless they'll pay the two hundred dollars an hour. No. <laughs> um, but Can on you that take a point, super bill. Yeah, you take right, a super yeah, bill. That, that's that will be the plan. Let's remember. I just to keep everything above board. I'm unlicensed. <laughs> Still a student, so not, none of this means... I'm just joking, Board of Behavioral Sciences, who may listen to this. All right, but you bring up a good a good point. So a couple weeks ago on the show, we did our what is becoming an annual tradition of looking back over the last year of uh, making the show and, and just what had happened. So David, what were some of your favorite, maybe a couple movies or television shows, books, whatever, like favorite moments of 2023? Okay, Saw 10. Right. <laughs> Coming out two days after my birthday. It was a great birthday okay. present. Um, yeah. And also, it's now my favorite Saw movie. I love it so much. Okay. That takes, that was going to be part of the conversation <laughs> here in a little bit, but we might as well talk about that now. So, that I'm glad because I actually really enjoyed it too. I like, I thought it was like, sim- it brought a simplicity in, in a way that I, that kind of made sense with like where it's supposed to be at in the timeline. Mm-hmm. And plus, just like the fly by the seat of your pants. Okay. I've got to torture all these people. Yeah. <laughs> what do I have? It's like arts and crafts. I think we called it like found arts object torture or something but yeah i actually put it up i still i have a major affinity for the original so it's that's still like my favorite yeah. but i definitely think saw x is it's probably up there in those one two three spots but what did you like about it as a big fan of the franchise i like the simplicity of it like you said and also it has one of my favorite traps now because of the simplicity of it and just like where it happens and then also just like the emotional with with Jigsaw himself, always I always yeah. liked. We got more of him. Yeah, and it was just simple. 
What person? We've already done the episode on it, so we've spoiled the fuck out of it. So, which was your favorite trap? The bone marrow trap. Oh, it's yes. just okay. so was... brutal and it's very straightforward. Do this. You have three minutes. Don't slip. Don't be slow. Yeah, no, that was. It was very gruesome. Very. That was a bit of a brutal watch. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. There was another question I was going to ask you, and now it like totally left. Um, oh, no. I just wanted to comment on I too. I also liked the emotionality and getting to see a man because it's you go from like saw one two and then of course three that we'll be discussing and yeah. they're like there's like an intensity between the two of them between um john and um amanda yeah. that seems it's it's explored but it's not really fleshed out and i feel like this gives us a little bit more of that and intensify it makes their relationship even more make more sense especially in yeah. talking about the these early saw films that we're doing in this month so yeah i appreciated that too all right, so besides Saw X, what else? Godzilla minus one. If I don't know if either of you have seen it. Not yet. I want to. It's, I'm hearing good things. It's amazing. And it should get all of the awards, but I know it won't. What else <laughs> this year? I really did. I did the Barbie Oppenheimer double feature. Yeah. Loved both of them. What else? Yeah, I think they're those. They're going to really dominate. Probably between them and Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, um, I didn't get to see like that. All the rewards are going to get soaked up. Look, in a day, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> oh. I just tore through it. But I've been waiting for the film to be released uh, for streaming. Because like Apple TV, Apple Plus, or whatever the hell it's called, kept saying, oh, it's going to be released. And so I thought they were going to stream it. But then it was like $25. No, I don't. I'm already paying for the service. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just watch it streaming. So I've been waiting for it to come available, which by the time this airs, it should actually be out. I think it's like January 12th or something. Yeah. What else? I didn't read anything this year. Oops. Oh, one movie that I really love that was that had mixed feelings, Infinity Pool. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't watched uh, that yet. Brandon Cronenberg's new movie. It came out early last year, like January of last year, 23. And yeah, I really like that movie. Okay, um, that's a good sell for that i need to see it i've seen a lot of like imagery from it i'm like this looks so good i really need to just take the time to sit down and watch it but it is just carving out the time (laughs) yeah Yeah. infinity pool was on my list of things that i missed that i want to get to in 23 we just need to do a fright school episode about it and that way we'll (laughs) we see Those are all solid picks. I am looking forward to the Godzilla minus one just because I have heard a lot of really good things about it. I don't under what is the title? Is the is, would it spoil it to talk about what it means? Why is it minus one? Get up! But it doesn't uh, really spoil the movie. it. Okay. It doesn't really spoil it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I care too much about being spoiled, but yeah. Well, David saw it, so I'll let David talk about it. <laughs> it's so the war was already like zero. Like, they're already trying to recover from a war, and then it just gets worse by having Godzilla show up. So that's, like, the minus one. So they're at zero, and then it gets worse. At least that was, like, my interpretation of it. (laughs) And that's what I saw online, too. It's that Japan at the end of World War II, post-Hiroshima, is, like, at the lowest it can be. And then you throw in Godzilla, and it just makes it worse. Okay. I love that. I'm going to see it. I do enjoy, uh, I enjoy big monster movies more than I realize like creature features in general. Um, And everybody's talking about how much they love it. I have not seen, I, at least in my social media and uh, I haven't seen any like people that are like, I hate it. I have to add that. 
All right. Let's have really quick before we get into talking about Saw 3. Just remind us, David, why you love the Saw franchise so much. I This could be a whole podcast itself. Uh, how much right. time do we have? <laughs> that elevator. So, I'm a person in the elevator that went, so it ugh, came oh, out, awful. came out in 2004. So I didn't see... The first movie is the only one I never saw in a theater. So it came out the same weekend that The Grudge did. And my parents and I went and saw The Grudge instead of Saw. A couple months later, when we were taking my sister to figure out colleges she wanted to go to, we were in a hotel room with a really old CRTV. This is like December of 2004. And Saw was on pay-per-view. So we watched it. And ever since then, I was like, I loved it. And then they announced the second movie. And then I saw everyone at midnight ever since. And I think it's, I grew up watching Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween. I never had a franchise that I got to live through while they were coming Mm. out. So I think that also really stuck with me is like, this is my franchise. This is... Yeah, I love that. I guess I feel I have Scream. So I do have the Scream franchise that I'm a little bit more connected to in my younger years, but definitely saw the saw series. Like I lived in my own apartment. I had like my own life. And every year it was just documented by these like saw movies coming out. (laughs) I didn't get, I also did not get to see the original in a theater in its original run because for the first, once they got to four, I think they started doing those like marathons where they'd show like all the Mm -hmm. films. And so I went to some of those a few years in a row. So I've gotten, I've seen it on the big screen, but not in its original theatrical. Yeah. I saw it during the 10 year anniversary back in 2013. Yeah. I I have a poster. poster. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those posters were cool. Yeah. They did the the one with the bear, the uh, reverse bear trap image of, I mean, yeah, those posters. And what day do you have? Because mine says three days until each of them have a special each of them there's one for each day the week before it released and it said three days left or four days until oh my gosh i'll have to check because i don't Uh know i just always love like that intense red and black imagery that they used on it so it it hangs i'm not in the i'm not in the west craven memorial library today so i can't (laughs) look at it but I'm going to check. <laughs> but speaking of that, because I've been doing a massive cleanup in there and like reorganizing, I found um, on one of the shelves, this awesome figure that you gifted me. So oh, yeah. yeah, I have Which both I think- of those still. Yeah. I still have two of those. And this actually is from Saw 3, isn't it? Yeah, Saw 3. It's actually yes. a figure from the film we're going to discuss. So yeah, I found that. And I was like, oh, memories. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have those displayed in my d- those displayed in my saw museum, so I'm not in there. But my front room, <laughs> I might have to show you later after the oh podcast. God, yes. But yeah, it has all of my posters. It has my signed Saw Six poster. It has replica stuff. I have a replica cassette tape and player, and a replica saw from the first movie. Awesome picture with Tobin Bell. I have a ton of stuff. I have a replica of Billy on a tricycle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been wanting one of those very badly. Is that from the Trick or Treat Studios? One that yes. they did that's the screen accurate? Oh, those things are gorgeous. One of these days, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm they're gonna very expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they are. 
but it would be very cool to have just uh, to have sitting around. I thought like, I could put him in the front room. We could put a Santa hat on him. We could put bunny ears on him. We could do different things for the holidays. So we could just like those people that put the geese on their front porches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could just have a Billy the puppet. Neighbors would love that. I'm sure they're used to our nonsense. That's okay. Oh, thank you for sharing about your love of Saw. And we're going to dive into, so you chose for us to talk about Saw 3. So we're going to take a really quick break and we will be right back to do just that. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, welcome back. So today, yes, we are continuing our exploration deep dive into... The Saw franchise with Saw 3 from 2006, directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, Lee Winnell on writing. I think this is the last one that he wrote. Yeah. We'll chat a little bit about that. Yeah. We got Tobin Bell, Shawnee Smith, Angus uh, McFadden, Bahar Sumek, I think that's how you say her last name, and Dina Meyer on uh, acting skills, <laughs> whatever the hell I'm trying to say. Yeah. So we have the third film, Jigsaw. John spends the majority of it actively dying. <laughs> Super fun to watch all of all of the things unfold. So Joe and I actually sat down and watched this together. I think, Joe, this was your first time seeing it, right? This was my first time seeing it. I've only seen I've only seen of the franchise. We just talked about Saw 2. We have definitely done Saw X and Spiral and Saw 1. Those are the only ones that I've seen. Okay, so you haven't right. seen for you well, haven't great. seen anything else. Okay, yeah, <laughs> not yet. So, but he's going to be not seeing not more yet. as okay. we go along because we're yeah, not yet. So we're doing this starting off the year with a few of the early ones because he's seen so much of the later films. So we're laying the foundation with those. I did dig up. This is my original. Oh my gosh, it just fell off the thing. It's so old. I must have bought this in 2006 or seven. But this is my dust, uh, blow original saw so the dust can DVD. come out. And it's hilarious to me because it's full screen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah. I just can't get rid of it. But it just makes me laugh so much. But yes, yeah, so I've had this for a while. And now, of course, I have this DVD. I have the blu-ray i have a collection i have the digital versions it's but i should just get but it's i can't i remember buying it it was so important at the time to me joe let's start with what your thoughts were on saw three and then we'll get into why david chose this as the one he wanted to chat about um i thought it was an interesting um i I guess i should say departure right because the first two saw films and then saw x which i just we did recently are just like a bunch of people in a room there's tailored traps for everybody saw this one was really interesting in that this one guy has like a whole story like he's in this uh very intricate escape room (laughs) for him that's like you know it's like this is your life also but it's also an escape room so i thought like that whole concept is really interesting 
Um, it's also fascinating, and again, spoiler alert for those who have not seen anything uh, anything about this, the any of the Saw movies, but it's just interesting to see that he, John Kramer, dies, right, in this movie, and he still is, they still made six more. <laughs> Like, they made six more uh, after that. And so for me, I'm just, okay, how do you sustain a franchise when in the first three movies, like the, the, the core trilogy, as it were, similar to Scream, similar to many other prolific franchises, how do you like reconcile that and continue that? So it actually made me more interested now to continue the journey because I've heard that like David and I talked a little bit, six is was your former favorite, right? Yeah. And I've heard six come up a lot for uh, Saw fans. So I'm, part of me is just, I haven't started four or five yet and I just want to get there so that way I can figure out why it will inform why six is important. I have more to say, but that's my initial thoughts. I appreciate those thoughts, Joe, as always. <laughs> David, yeah, out of all of the, because while well, we're doing the first few in this, we'd already covered one in our in our very first season way back in the yeah. old olden times of Fright School. So we did, we're doing two, three, and four with this. And then we'll, s- I'm still debating because spoiler alert. So a little look at, oh my gosh, Kat is yelling. Look at what's to come. We will be doing, because they are going to be releasing a new Saw film this September, I believe, yep. 2024. So we are going to also be celebrating saw Timber in 2024. I haven't decided what, where I want to stop here and pick up again in September. So we'll see. But right now we're definitely covering two, three, and four. <laughs> but anyway, so why out of all, all out of the these original sequels, why Saw 3 for you? Because it was Lee Wanell's last one. And it was technically supposed to be the end of the series, at least to him. Because I don't think he's watched anything mm. after three. Dang. So that's why I picked three. Was Lee Winnell attached to Spiral or Saw X? No. Okay, so he really hasn't done anything nope. since. Okay. Yeah, I imagine he he gets some sort of money, I imagine, just because it's his like original I, IP. Stuff. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it does seem like he's been yeah, he's been like dis disconnected, which I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's just because they wanted to just go in such other directions, or do you have any insight into why he's hey. left? I don't know. I'm okay. not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I've, I've never really looked into it. Right, so what I think is really interesting about Saw, and I don't want to spoil too much of what Joe hasn't seen uh, yet, but similar in Saw, one has a little bit of it because you have Gordon, his child is involved and is on the line. But then in Saw 2, you have this very, you have this exploration of the father-son relationship that we talked about last week. And then of course, in, in Saw 3, again, you have a father and a child. You also have this familial relationship between John and Amanda that's developing. And then of course, later on in the series, again, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's more stuff about fathers and sons, children and parents, particularly close to John's experience. So it's really interesting how this story, this like torture porn thing that I got branded with has this very deep exploration of familial relationships. And so that's obviously very much on at a couple of different levels explored here in Saw 3. So I thought I would kick off discussing that. Yeah, it also shows up in Saw 10. As since Joe's seen that one a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's interesting true. parallel that you bring you bring up Joshua regarding fathers and sons. I wonder 
especially since you have it's an interesting story to tell because you don't really know, at least to me as a first time watcher of the series, you don't really know much about John's home life. In three, you get a little bit of a glimpse of the fact that he was married at one point, but I don't know much Mm -hmm. beyond that. And I have a feeling I will learn more. I'm curious to see how now what the tonal shifts will be, given that Lee Whannell, this is Lee Whannell's last one. Did Daryl, did Darren also direct anything else after that? Yes. Darren directed four and then Spiral. Four and Spiral. Okay. I'm yeah. so curious to see yeah, like so how two, three, we how we move forward from that. I, I I don't know. I think with like the relationship for fathers and sons, it's it's very it's an interesting kind of concept of what he's saying because at some point he the father what's the guy's name Robert the Bruce <laughs> we call them. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Sorry, I forget what his <laughs> name was. I'm like, I, I only know like no, it's look, okay. he's Robert the Bruce from Braveheart. <laughs> but he has let his grief over his son just consume every part of his life. And again, in, in the jigsaw fashion, has not is not living because of it or is living a life that is not making use of his time. Whereas in two, you have Detective Matthews who is like this workaholic who has a son that hates him, who there is something else distracting him from his from his son and from his parental duty. And so it's interesting to see similar stories in the sense that like these are two men who are on opposite ends of the spectrum. One's an absentee father and one is a very caring father, but his son is dead. But still the same effect is happening. They're not they are not living their lives in ways that their sons could be proud of, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. There was also a father-daughter kind of relationship with Dr. Gordon and his daughter. Mm -hmm. But then in Saw 2, they also have the father-daughter relationship. Now you can see it a bit more with Jigsaw and Amanda. Yeah, 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 absolutely. This kind of really hints at like, that's the relationship. And he's... So... Obviously, I think Saw has gotten to be known for all the twists and stuff. But in the early days, when we were first on these first three films, it's like these were really starting to establish those tropes that would play out through the rest of the film. So what we find out is the whole game, like there's a game within a game. So it's like you have Jeff going through his thing, trying to learn. He's being confronted by the people who are involved with the death of his son. And so there's a whole theme of forgiveness moving on. Can you... Uh, learn to live after such horrific trauma. So he's going through that. Then, of course, you have Lynn, this this doctor that's been kidnapped. Oh, is that her name? Dr. Lynn, right? Yeah. Lynn, Lynn. yeah. Yeah. So there's so many people in these movies over the years <laughs> that they all get together. So she's been the same where she's taking her husband for granted, but she's also this incredible neuro uh, anatomist or, or whatever who's brought in to help. So there's like a game going on with her. Of course, we find out that she and Jeff are partners and then of course the bigger game is like amanda and so john is trying to decide he's going to die and is he leaving his life's work um it's very king lear (laughs) almost in a way is he leaving the right person in charge of his life's work of, of of what he's trying to do and is she fulfill is she playing by the rules it's a similar game as to what he's playing with matthews and saw too where where it's just like everything will work out for you if you follow the rules you trust that your son is okay if you 
Will it, are you willing as a crooked cop to follow the rules enough and not let your anger, not let this self-righteousness impact? So in this, it's a kind of a similar game with Amanda. He knows that she's not, the traps are impossible to escape, right? That she's setting up. That's the thing that starts to come out in the film of, oh, no, they're supposed to be able to get out. The idea is that they process, but she's got a lot of jealousy about that, a lot of issues around being the one that he like saved and she's become this figure. So yeah, it's a, it's, I don't know, it's deceptively more deep than it appears when you first watch it, where it's like just as bloody, gory, it's easily dismissed, but there's a lot of really, I think, beautiful things happening within it. There's all that <laughs> to think about. Thoughts. Sorry, I also, I sorry, produ- producing the episode as we go, I, know, I feel like we're having things keep stopping and going, so I'm like, things are freezing, so hopefully this is making sense. <laughs> I. What's interesting about what you said is that I don't know, like the the um, confused me, quite honestly, because I had no context for Amanda. I watched one and then I watched like X, right? <laughs> and so it wasn't as big. When I was in the theater, you could tell who the, the big fans were because the moment the pig came out, they were like, oh, my God. And people got it. My friend who I was with is a Saw fan. And I remember asking him, I was like, am I going to have to is there a context or am I just going to get it and not need it? And he's, no, you'll be fine. I maintain I'm still fine. But it was just fascinating to see that was part of the game all along, right? Like that him, everything to do with Amanda. And like you said, it's like the King Lear of it all really is interesting. But like the thing about King Lear is that is amanda one of the goneril or the regan or is she the cordelia and it doesn't end well for her which i'm think we're supposed to i think we're supposed to maintain that she's the cordelia but she's being tested in this way sorry let me let's go all the way back to ap english from high school (laughs) Um, king lear is my favorite uh, king lear is my second favorite shakespearean play so i i love the idea of just examining it from this morality testing her and it made me just it made me really think about saw x in a different way because we know that she's gonna die in two films right and if saw x takes place between one and two she is fully she's so fully committed to him in saw x in the way that like they hint at after they hint at in the flashbacks in three and it's really cool how decades later she's able to get still capture that performance. And it also made me want to see her more. So I'm bummed because she's dead now. So how are they going to resurrect her for the future for any more content? I'm just curious about that now. It'll be interesting to show you more. And especially as it develops, (laughs) because there are other people that you've seen now or that have been hinted at that are also involved. So it's interesting how complex this web gets. And when you watch all the films, they it's the retroactive talents of these writers. It, it's like, really good. <laughs> keeping this web together is pretty, is pretty cool, I think. Even at its most, what? It's still, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. It's, I think they do a nice job. But that, yeah, I didn't really think about that, Joe, of, yeah, you really don't get a sense of Amanda and his relationship in Saw X. It, it builds on it, but you needed, mm-hmm. you probably did need to see a little bit more to understand their history. So your friend failed you, because I'm not the friend he's talking about. We did not see that together. And I failed to prepare you properly for Saw X. <laughs> Just to deepen well, that. 
when I told him later what's that, going on between them. When I told him later that I watched like Saw two and three, he was like, "Did it make sense? Did you feel like you needed it?" And I was like, "No, I think I got it." And then now you like, I look. It makes me want to go back and watch Saw X again because of the the nuances of where you see her start to slip, like where she's, oh, we don't need Gabriella. She has a chance the same as everybody. And like, it's really interesting because is she, I'm trying to figure out their like D&D alignment because Jigsaw is like (laughs) a true neutral, like everything. He sits in the middle of the alignment chart because like, it really doesn't matter to him who is there. It's, It's very true neutral. And so with Amanda, you get a glimpse of she's more like lawful neutral or chaotic neutral, probably. I'm just bringing in, I'm making it more complicated like we usually do, Joshua. But <laughs> right. it was just interesting. The only problem is I don't know D&D. So I see these things that people show, the chaotic, and it, I don't really understand what it means. But I'm going to take your word for it because you're a smart person, Joe, and can apply analysis understood it joe thank you i was like that was more for david then (laughs) but david wouldn't you agree that in the uh, now you have like full franchise knowledge and fandom right you can (laughs) that's going to inform what you're about to say but for me for what i know i see jigsaw as a true neutral honestly he's more of a lawful evil okay (laughs) i would believe that I, i guess i believe that Maybe the Cenobites then are like a true neutral because yes. there really is no pleasure is sensation. Sensation is sensation, whether it is negative or positive. I guess that's the thing, right? Because he maintains that he's never killed anybody. He's just uh-huh. made it so that way people had to make their own choice and get it out of themselves, which is a very lawful evil thing to say. It's very corporate, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, we give you insurance. It's your fault that you can't. You're not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. So Amanda, for me, would go under chaotic evil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Especially in in this film. But she's, but this is one of those things that where like Shawnee Smith is so good. Because it's like, you're thinking like these people are doing like such heinous things. And this, so in Saw 3, we, they like more than doubled the budget. So the budget of Saw 2 is like 4 million. This budget is 10 million. So the traps themselves way upped. They're also... We'll talk a little bit more about the traps here in a bit because they're there's like a cruelty to them that is just bigger. Yeah, there's <laughs> it's just yeah, there and seeing this in the theater, we'll talk about that uh-huh. in a minute. But anyways, but she just brings this I don't know, she just they're putting people through these horrible experiences and throughout the she's very chaotic in between there's moments where she's so intense with Lynn you have to help him and then other parts where it's it, it almost is that daughter who's watching her father die mm-hmm. and but she's also dealing with like her addictions and mental health and it, it's just it's such a complicated role that she just does so well swinging between all these yeah. different emotions I, I just really appreciate it. I just wish that she got more opportunity to act. Like, I just don't see her in many Mm -hmm. films outside of, like, horror. And I just think she really has a capacity to do some really incredible work if given the chance. And I don't know if she's, like, acts on stage. I'd love to see her do Shakespeare because I actually think she could really bring some acting chops to that realm. But anyways, go for Shawnee Smith for White Lotus Season 3. Yes, please. (laughs) I would love to see that. I'm actually just looking here. What has she done? I know that. <laughs> I remember the first thing. Yeah, that that's like the first thing I I saw her in <laughs> was the Blob, and then of course the Stand original Stand. Uh, oh yeah, television she is series. In that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're gonna take it way back. 
She's got things coming out to Bloodline Killer. So that sounds like it's probably <laughs> more horror television. Oh, One she's doing hope. something called City on Fire. Uh, yeah. So not. She might be in yeah. Saw 11. Oh, there we go. Even as we'll, a flashback. We'll see. we'll see what happens there. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. The Stand 94. Oh, she was in an episode of The X-Files somewhere. I think I remember that. Anyways, okay. More work for Shawnee Smith is what we're trying to, to do here. All right, so on to the traps of Saw 3. What are, what's our favorite in this film? Joe, go first. Do we have one? <laughs> I think my favorite is Lynn's trap. The, the like, the collar? choker necklace of shotgun shells. Just because just it's, like, the anxiety of of at at any point like those and especially when amanda's going through and putting it on her and cocking each of the shells i'm like i don't know it's a level of duress that just made me on edge the entire time and especially towards the end where everything happens from the last 10 minutes and you realize that oh no because like when jeff kills jigsaw it's oh no (laughs) I'm like Joshua remembers yeah. I was there. I'm like, no, that means she's dead. That means she's going to die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's going to like for real die. She was already shot, but she's going to die. So I think that was yeah. my, that one was, was like my favorite one. Blown off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that one was my favorite one in terms of just like it's br- in, in terms of just like the ingenious nature of it and how it's connected. The one that was just like really brutal though was the ice one, like in the fucking because she yeah, would have, like, for me, she would have been dead already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how was she not hypothermic already before <laughs> she was sprayed with water? Yeah, it was also just like, unnecessary yeah. tip, right? It was like, this is just unnecessary to show us all this bunch <laughs> of this amount of nudity because ba- mainly because we are in a it, it's a certain time period with a certain demographic of people that are seeing horror movies. So, it's, yeah, maybe you need to see some tit, but we really didn't. And I think that just added just to the like horror the, thing. the it, yeah, horror aspect yeah. of it. I was going to say it's even the way it's lit during that scene is not mm-hmm. supposed to make it like sexy, like what all. normal horror movies yeah. do. And that's what it just makes it so much more horrific. Yeah, there again, there's such a cruelty to these traps. I agree with the, the shotgun collar because usually like in most of the films, you see the trap happens, we move on. But this is like an omnipresent anxiety throughout the film. So Joe, that's a really good point about the anxiety of that. Mm-hmm. I There's something that I really love about like the angel trap, how it opens. There's just something very, it, it also calls back to the silence of the lambs at the mm-hmm. end where Hannibal Lecter is, what do they call that? The eagle. There's something called the Viking eagle or whatever, where they pull your lungs like The back. blood Anyways, eagle. It just, that's the it. blood eagle. There you go. And it just adds this, it's so horrific, but there's also in that whole scene, it's just, it's really beautiful in a weird way. But I get the one that always makes me like just is the pigs. It's just so gross. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the film. Yeah. You know, in the theater, like, I'm going to throw up. It's My, so... <laughs> I saw three a couple times in theaters. And one of the times my friend went and he was like, he wanted to go with us because we were seeing Saw 3 and he wanted to feel a be with there. And then he, it, that half of that trap happened. He had to leave the theater to go barf. Yeah. It was so gross. And they used real maggots yeah. in that scene. They were like decontent, whatever it is, and honey. 
just everything. It was just like, this is so gross. And also I'm like fine with it too. (laughs) Jeff took his sweet time to press that button Mm -hmm. in the easiest trap ever. Took his sweet time a lot of places. (laughs) Like it was almost like, it, it, it was almost like Jeff was the one who created all of the traps, right? <laughs> he just took his sweet time everywhere. And he doesn't save anybody. That's the other thing, too. No. He Everyone just dies and no one gets saved. He really was just like dragging his feet the entire time. So the final indictment of him at the very end is really fitting to me. And I want to talk about the cliffhanger as well in a bit. But just that final especially the final trap two of the guy who actually did the hit and run. That was, I felt all of that, right? I've only ever broken one bone and it was like my pinky finger when I was like, like a kindergartner, but just like all of that was so awful and unnecessary. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a good point because there is that moment. I love that line where Amanda's, he tried to help her. She was shocked that he did try, which I always thought was, so it's, he does, you're right. He does, he drags his feet, but, and so it does make sense at the end that he hasn't really learned the lesson of the whole thing, which is the forgiveness aspect and the processing grief and moving on. Because again, John is intimately acquainted with the ways that, that this man is feeling, but sorry, David, you started to say something about the traps, I think. Oh, I don't remember. I lost my thought. Or did you even say your favorite yet? I, I don't didn't think even say my favorite trap. I don't think I did. <laughs> there we go. I think that's <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I do love the angel trap. That one is fantastic. But my favorite is the first trap with the chains and where he has to pull them out. The only problem with it is it was unwinnable. But otherwise, yeah. I think he could have done it. It would have been doable. Yeah, that's yeah, it's that pretty. One. Yeah. And again, it's this has some nice references that reminds me of Hellraiser. Again, I made the mention mm-hmm. of the Silence of the Lambs. So there are some things in here that also I feel are like homages to things that iconography of horror, the the Saw series really knows what it's doing and playing yeah. with with other material, other franchises in, in a way. At least that's what it looks like to me. Joe, what did you say you wanted to talk about um, before we wrap up? The cliffhanger at the yes. end. Because I was like, I wanted it to go on for at least another half an hour. Right. Because it just ends, like, it ends the way you would end, like, the season finale of The Flight Attendant, <laughs> right? Something like that. The way I see Saw as a series is it's just one long soap opera. That's what it is. Yes. And each one is just an episode. And yep. yeah, it's every episode. It ends with a cliffhanger. But, like, no, the most true. awful cliffhanger, too, where... <laughs> Because that's the other thing, too, is that I would not perceive Jigsaw to be somebody who, like, would harm a child, right? And I've not seen four yet. I've not done any advanced readings. I've not seen four. So I don't know if this is resolved ever. And I don't want to know. So don't tell me. We'll talk about it (laughs) then. But for me, it's just, oh, that's right. We also, I also forgot that he had a daughter. (laughs) And Uh (laughs) now it's, you just killed the one person who knew where she was. Peace. What does like, what does that even mean? And now I, and I'm like, fuck, this is how people get hooked on this shit. So I think (laughs) to me, this is Lee Wanell wanting to end the series. And it's here, peace. I'm the only one who knows where she is to the audience. Because he knew it was, he probably knew it was going to be his last one. And so it's fuck all of y'all. You'll never get answers. (laughs) And also now Jigsaw is dead. Good luck. Yeah. 
Yeah, I that's the one thing that kind of stops us because it's like I really do think that if they had stopped with the it's just unknown what happens to the daughter, right? We did if we didn't yeah. know that she was in a trap or whatever, just we can assume family stepped in, she's lived a fine life and I got lots of counseling and therapy. But because we have that moment, it is the one thing that stops us from being a really encapsulated trilogy. Because otherwise I think it's really yeah. they could have ended with those three films. And I think they tell a very complete story that explores like Amanda and John's relationship relationship that explores other things. Again, we would we get more meaning as it goes on because John's okay. backstory is explored more later, which is nice. It does fill out more of, of his motivations for okay. what he's doing. But even so, they could have done except for that. Yeah. It's okay. But we yeah. do want to know what's going on with that little girl. Because as much as we love horror for all the gore and, the, and Saw definitely embraces like torturing people and watching horrible gore and blood and stuff happen. We still don't want to see like dogs and cats be killed or children typically. (laughs) So it does leave you with this. Okay. I'm definitely going to be here next year (laughs) because they better make a four. (laughs) All right. Any other thoughts on saw three, David, before we wrap up? No, not really. I don't think so. (laughs) I just love the, I love Amanda's Shawnee Smith's monologue fix me motherfucker mm. i'm standing right hat here that whole thing right before the twist is just so yeah. good because yeah. you're like you yeah. don't i didn't know what was going to happen when i first saw it in theaters yeah no it's a good yeah it is it's she, yeah she's so good again i just wish she got more opportunities <laughs> yeah Joe, I hope that you're enjoying this like exploration into Saw. And if you're not, too bad. <laughs> I'm it's I feel like I'm quote unquote mature enough because if we had done like the Saw movies in the beginning of the show, I don't think I would have handled it. I've had to go through some real and now I just I watch it and I'm like, I can see why this is fun. I'm I was literally there watching it. I turned my brain off for most of the movie just to watch it. So it was I'm having a lot of fun with it. Plus it's also it's predictable, right? Like it's predictable. You're going to get your, there's going to be some way that they're all connected. There's going to be a twist. You don't, that you won't probably won't see coming and there's going to be traps and kills that are really challenging. And I think that's why I see now why spiral didn't do so well because it tried to make it like this whole thing. (laughs) Whereas they didn't do just like what it was supposed, what is supposed to be. Mm Hmm. Hmm. That's yeah, that's actually a, a good yeah. point. Um, but yeah, it, it's they're fun. They're fun movies. I like that. And now that we're going to get further on, there's more political stuff. So and we'll talk about that in the upcoming ep- episodes. They start pulling in some really interesting, larger stories because the first three don't have that same. I'm sure if I dug hard enough, I could find cultural things to tie them to. And then we can certainly get into some conversations about police brutality and, and things like that. But once they hit their stride in these bigger cultural conversations in the, mm-hmm. yeah, the coming up in four, five, six. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's just such a fascinating franchise. So I'm glad we're doing a deep dive because it's been fun for me to revisit because there was just a time in my life where it's like, I watched every single one would watch them multiple times. And I've just, I haven't seen them in a long time. So it's a fun revisit. <laughs> sorry, David, I thought you started to say something. So I was pausing. No, sorry. Thank you so much for being here with us as always sharing your love of Saw and hopefully Teacher Rings is going well and look forward to seeing you again soon, I hope. <laughs> Thank you. And hopefully maybe when you do the next set of movies, 
or if you want to do like a whole series, I would totally talk for hours about that. Uh, yes, Fright School presents David talking about Saw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ten, ten episodes. No, we'd need, we'd need more. How many films do we have now? Like 11 or 12? I don't know. It's so many. Yes. That sounds fun, actually. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you for being here, Joe. As always, I adore you, even though... Actually, I don't know where I was going with <laughs> I can't wow. tell if you're paying any attention. You're just like, whatever, I'm over here. I don't care about you. <laughs> what an odd uh, thing to say. <laughs> I think it's because things keep freezing on my end. Sorry, this is, but you keep pausing. I'm like, I don't, I can't even tell if Joe's listening or if we're frozen. I don't know what's happening. Fucking technology. All right. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.